Welcome to the Enneagram and Christianity Podcast with your hosts, lead pastors Claire and Scott Lorridge from Crossroads Church and Ministries in Marshall, Michigan. In this Advent 2020 season, we're asking the question, how will you unwrap the gift of Christ in you this Advent season? We hope that you'll join us December 1st through December 25th as this podcast will create space for you to unwrap the gifts of Christ's presence for every Enneagram personality style. So dive in, let's take a listen, and let's unwrap the gift of Christ. Here's Claire and Scott. Welcome to you, Sam. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Well, you're welcome. I'm glad to be with you in your new home. Yes. Yeah. The, <laughs> in all its glory, you get to see about a two foot by two foot section. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes two foot by two foot is good, especially for an Enneagram type one. We wouldn't want to see the parts of your house that are That's not right. together yet. Yes. I've carefully curated what you can see. So, <laughs> uh, I love it. Well, so for those of us who uh, don't know you, Sam, we want to welcome you as a uh, as a, a child of God, as beloved of God, uh, as a spiritual director, as a, uh, a media and communications and finance uh, extraordinaire, um, <laughs> as, a, as a person who has uh, deep insight and a desire to help others find their way. Um, so, you know, you. yeah, I mean, really, Samuel, you are... Um, you're a wonderful presence. There's, there's uh, things about you that Scott and I can never forget. And, uh, <laughs> our time with you here in Michigan at the training really gave us a sense of, of uh, the, the quality of soul, you know, that you have. And, oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, of course, we were impressed immediately that you studied with Father Rohr. And, yeah. uh, and that you went to Hope College and that you were kind of an ecumenical potpourri from Protestant yeah. and Catholic, uh, you know, uh, understanding of, of God. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, as a spiritual director, I thought, yeah, I think that Samuel could help us during Advent and the ways that um, we're attempting to help people pay attention to the presence of Christ in their own soul. And uh, as they have um, realized that Christ has been present to them. And so uh, I just wonder as a, as a spiritual director and as an Enneagram teacher, um, how you might uh, invite friends to pay attention to their Enneagram style during Advent. And I know, okay, so this is multi-layered. I'm sorry. This no, is... that's fine. Okay. And, Just uh, like life. <laughs> and, and during a pandemic time, um, during a time where we really are living Advent in a very different way than we ever have before, how you might invite people to be present to Christ in order uh, to be present to others. And then, 
say to them, here's why spiritual direction might be helpful for you, Claire, as a three, or helpful <laughs> for you, Sam, as a one. Yeah. And uh, so maybe um, just go ahead and say hello to everybody. And then maybe you can launch into that big, long, whatever it was I just asked you to do. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me. Um, and hello to you and your community there. Um, I just have such a soft spot for um, you and Scott and the entire Crossroads ministry mm. team. Um, it was wonderful to be with you all at the training. Um, and you know that I grew up uh, not far away in Southern Michigan there too. So I'd actually been to your church years before. And um, it was just great to, great to be there. Um, what you foster is really unique. And I say that mm-hmm. as someone who has spent a lot of time in various churches, uh, liturgical, Pentecostal, you name it. And um, it's really unique what you guys are doing. So thank you for uh, inviting me in some way to, to participate. Um, well, you're welcome. And you're in Chicagoland now. And as a, um, and you know, someone who uh, is staying at home while you worship, mm-hmm. um, maybe you can help guide all of us in ways that maybe uh, as we've let our spiritual practices slip um, mm-hmm. during these days, how we might open up to the possibility of spiritual direction as a compassionate practice for our own souls. Yeah, yeah, that's a great tee up for it. So yeah, I mean, spiritual direction in, in general is such a compassionate space. And maybe I'll just speak generally about spiritual direction and compassion, then we can go into um, various types and how people mm-hmm. identify. But uh, for me, you know, coming with the, the lens that I have, I think spiritual direction is such a needed space on the, the journey or something like spiritual companioning is so needed on the journey. Um, you know, I often say that spiritual direction is to listening as preaching is to speaking. And so we have this part of our tradition that is oriented completely around um, just listening and, and the power of that, which I think we're learning more about um, now in, in even like secular circles in terms of, you know, this power and just being heard, naming the story, um, having your story held by, by someone. And uh, I think compassion as it relates to spiritual direction, there's an intersection. Um, James Finley, who is one of my um, teachers that I've, I've relied on a lot, um, he's a great writer, but he says, um, you know, there's a, there's a space where someone will neither invade you nor abandon you. Mm-hmm. And I think that is something that spiritual direction can do um, for people. And I think that that creates this sense of compassion um, because the spiritual director sort of beholds you with that, that sense as best they can in human form. I believe there's something sort of holy and profound going on where they are in some way trying to hold this holy space for you and God. Um, and in some way trying to reflect back what they're seeing and hearing, ask probing questions, um, never really sort of direct you, quote unquote, um, but to try to just be present to you on on your behalf and listen on your behalf. Um, Oh my gosh. So we have to say that again, the spiritual director will neither invade you nor abandon you. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In the truest sense of, you know, of, of who you are and what you're bringing. And so I think if you're creating that space where you are trying to um, make it as open and as sort of um, clean as possible in the sense of getting all the clutter out of the way between whatever's between you and God, um, and just trying to open that as clear as clearly as you can, I think that that just breeds compassion. You know, I am always sitting there 
And um, I just end sessions and I'm really aware of how precious it was, what the person shared, how intimate it is. You know, it's a space where you can say anything. Um, you, can, you can rail against uh, God like Job um, or, or other people who've lamented uh, their experiences, which I think is particularly poignant right now during the pandemic and um, the ways in which we're all feeling a sense of loss. Um, you know, you can, you can rail, you can be angry, you can be sad. Um, you can share those deep, tender places, including um, histories of trauma and uh, abuse and hurt that doesn't even um, rise to that level. But, um, you know, we all carry around these different things with us and spiritual direction is really a safe space to, um, to bring that before God in the presence of another person. And um, to, with the three of you, try to um, begin to see more clearly yourself how God sees you. A lot of us think that we are what's wrong with us. Mm -hmm. And um, spiritual direction is one space where you can reorient that that definition to something much more healthy, which is you know your beloved. Right, right, your beloved, and not be seen as what's wrong with you. And and so when you consider each of the nine styles, um, what is the compassion? for self or the compassion one might receive if they come to, uh, to spiritual direction all the way around the circle. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll start with the ones cause that's how I identify and I can all right. pick on us a bit. So, um, I prepared some notes before our call, but I actually think I'm just going to, um, do away with those and maybe just try to get it something a little simpler. So, you know, the ones energy is is very in tune with, uh, we're in tune with the natural goodness of the world. We want to see it and behold it and make it real um, and help others to see it too, which is just such a beautiful thing. And I think the compassion comes in when you realize this wonderful gift of beholding what's noble and good and true in the world um, gets twisted where we think we have to create that. We have to um, make the world so, right? That it's that it's really ours to do in some way instead of instead of God's. And so, um, I think that we can have compassion for things like uh, how strong our inner critic is. You know, everyone has that, and that that can be a sometimes helpful voice, sometimes really harsh voice. But that's especially true for ones that they have a, a difficulty with it. So, compassion for ourselves and the messages we tell ourselves about how not good we are, how much we need to improve, um, the ways in which we do it wrong, what other people must think of us, um, those sorts of things. So a compassion for that sense of judgment, um, the never good enoughness that we carry around with us, um, and really reorienting that in some way to recognizing how um, loved we are by God, just as we are, not because um, we're fixing problems for ourselves or other people, <laughs> but because, um, because of our, our natural attunement to God and our desire to do good, right? Like mm-hmm. I think as um, I think Thomas Merton says, you know, I believe that my desire to please you pleases you. And does in fact, please you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that yeah. that's enough. So I think that's a, that's a source of compassion um, that ones can help access in that oh. space. Yep. So ones, we're going to ask you to just breathe that in for a minute, right? Mm-hmm. That the desire to please God does in fact, please God. And you don't have to fix the, the pandemic at the mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. How about twos, Samuel? Yeah. So twos, I would say, you know, um, twos are oriented to um, self-worth, 
with a definition that's outside of themselves, that can be very difficult. So, so if you're a two and you're thinking, really, I'm, I'm good or okay if I'm uh, close to other people, if they have a use for me, um, if I'm doing things that engender uh, intimacy, right, those sorts of things. So it's a, it's a hard thing to keep up and it's a, it's a hard thing to sort of hold in um, as well. So I think spiritual direction, if you're with a spiritual director who understands that or, or just kind of naturally intuits that apart from the Enneagram, I think that you can begin to unpack, okay, well, what, how, how does God actually see you apart from what you're doing for this person or that cause or whatever? What's special about you? Um, how much are you worth? And, and to start actually um, finding some empowerment there and some affirmation for how God has created you to be, that you have tremendous gifts just by virtue of who you are that aren't dependent on um, the value other people place in you or, or how close you're trying to, to get, that you are um, yeah, valuable, that you have your own needs that deserve to be met. Mm. Um, some Enneagram types don't struggle with that. Some really do. And twos are ones that really do struggle with identifying and asking for that. So um, again, just creating a safe space where someone can get in touch with that and really, I mean, have tears about it if, if it needs to be that tender of an experience. Um, but again, the person won't invade or abandon you in that. So you just get to be held. It's a wonderful thing. That sounds like a gift to twos. And how about, <laughs> how about the beloved threes? Yeah, the threes. <laughs> So, um, Samuel, help me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the threes are, um, you know, very uh, action oriented folk, right? So, um, have this sense of uh, being in tune with an emotional world, but um, really wanting to do things with it. So, there's, there's a lot of striving energy in the threes, there's a lot of forward momentum. There's not a lot of time for, I would say, the whole person that the three is. Um, and there's a false belief that uh, really what's good about them is what they're producing. And so if you can get into a space where someone understands that lie on your behalf, right? Where <laughs> um, someone kind of hears God speaking to you in ways, because three, the truth is threes do have emotions. I see this with the threes I work with. They do have emotions and needs. Um, the pandemic is especially hard on that. They tend to be extroverted, not always, but... Um, it's hampering kind of their normal routines mm -hmm. and the ways in which they're kind of expressing themselves. So a lot of that has been taken away, but if you can be in a space where someone knows that about you and says, no, 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 there's a space for getting in touch with your emotions. Let's explore that. Um, let's explore the value that you have just by virtue of being you. Mm -hmm. um, and let's explore, you know, what it looks like to set aside those things that you're getting accolades for. Um, what does that do either for others or yourself, right? Um, how would that reorient you to a more loving, holistic view of yourself and God? Oh, that is absolutely beautiful. I'll stay with that and I'll make an appointment with you later. Okay. And then the fours, tell okay. us about fours. So, um, fours are, you know, the last, um, number in this heart space as we're going around the twos, threes, and fours. And so fours have this very, um, intense emotional world going on within them. And I think that fours, um, spiritual direction can be a compassionate space for them because I think fours tell themselves things about that world. Uh, for example, um, I'm way too emotional or um, other people can't handle me. Um, I keep going back to this issue, what's wrong with me? You know, those sorts of 
uh, messages, I think a lot of force can get tripped up with. So the compassionate aspect comes in by, by affirming, in a sense, um, this wonderful uh, emotional attunement that they have and, and teaching them that the answer isn't to dive headfirst into it or to try to shut it down because both of those are losing programs that I think fours get really frustrated with. But the answer is this middle way of um, feeling everything, allowing everything, but not attaching to it, not, um, not prolonging it in a sense, just letting it be, right? I mean, you're hearing a constant theme with all the numbers, but a, a sense of just letting it be um, with fours and uh, compassion for themselves that they feel so desperately they need um, something that's gonna make them complete or tweak what they're, they have going on. But really it's just a matter of acceptance, self-acceptance um, for themselves and uh, seeing themselves as God does, which of course is, is beautifully and wonderfully made. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and all those heart types that need to know they are enough. And so moving into the, the headspace of uh, five, six, and seven, how, how might they experience compassion? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, in the headspace, you know, fear is a common um, theme for, for head types in some way. It takes a little bit of different forms, but I would say for fives, um, it would be a place to uh, confront those fears in a way. Fives tend to want to withdraw naturally from um, some of the difficult things that are part of the human experience and the inner work. And so this is a place where, um, you know, they kind of have a safe harbor for delving into that work, which really can feel overwhelming um, for a lot of fives. So again, kind of the safe harbor, um, uh, a compassionate space to explore uh, the emotional needs that they have, because of course they do have an emotional sign. Um, right. Even yeah. though they would say, well, I think yes. I have some emotions in there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So to explore that emotional side, um, a place to maybe be challenged on um, some of the more action oriented aspects mm-hmm. of life for fives. I think that's a healthy thing. Um, really a place of empowerment for them. I think, I think the compassion of, um, self-awareness, self-observation, um, and sort of growing in those ways is very empowering for fives um, in a way that I think naturally they kind of tend to take a back seat and are comfortable there. But um, I think empowerment's a wonderful tool um, for them. So uh, accessing that space and um, also getting maybe a different reorientation to their objectivity. You know, as you mentioned, there's a lot of uh, thinking, analyzing going on um, in the inner world of the five um, but we want to make sure that it's productive thinking. So mm-hmm. I think spiritual direction can help um, help with that in some sense too. Beautiful. And how about the sixes? And are they afraid to come to spiritual direction? So <laughs> tell us about that. Yeah, that's a great question. I um, that's a really interesting question. I just have to admit I don't I don't know. I know a number of sixes who are um, kind of very into inner work um, and the emotional world, very emotionally like high EQ folks, uh, including I'm married to one as well. So she's a um, very high EQ six. So, but that's a great question. I think sixes are usually coming to the table with um, the normal six issues, which would, you know, in the spiritual life be around um, doubts, doubting themselves, um, fear about messing up, but 
perhaps fear about um, not having the support that they need, um, being alone or isolated, uh, missing things that um, other people would expect from them. So I think a good thing for sixes in spiritual direction is a reorientation from others' expectations to a greater sense of self. Mm. Um, so not, you know, what does God expect of you? Not in terms of hoops you have to jump through, but who has God created you to be? Um, what gifts would, you know, kind of come naturally if you could just start to tune into them um, and get a better sense of yourself that way. So sixes can get in touch with their own desires and needs, mm -hmm. um, letting go of having to please others, which is a very healthy thing to do um, for sixes. I think it's a safe ground for a relationship with, with themselves and with God at the center of that. Um, and I also think it's a place of rest for sixes. There's a lot of striving and a lot that sixes carry around. And I think it can just be a space to let down and let be, um, which is really needed. Mm, yeah. And that sounds like compassion to me. Uh, mm -hmm. Yes. For the self, right? And then I wonder, how about sevens? How often do you see sevens in spiritual direction? Do they <laughs> find the time to be compassionate in that way to themselves? Yeah, not often. I don't see many sevens. I think that stereotype has uh, unfortunately held true in my limited experience. Mm -hmm. But um, I think sevens, you know, I have had several sevens at workshops, Enneagram workshops. So I, they're very interested in the work um, for sure, but you kind of have to come at it a different way. So I think for sevens, almost before they get in the door, a lot of sevens have to reorient to the inner work as growth, as like a forward movement. I think often um, the seven energy can really fear slowing down or getting stuck. And um, I think we have to make clear like, no, this, this is a space where it's still forward movement. It's different than what it looks like in your everyday life, because it always is in spiritual direction. But um, it is still sort of a, a progress um, in a healthy way, a progress in a healthy way. So um, I think sevens come to uh, spiritual direction for growth. I think that they can uh, reorient um, to a life where uh, it, there's more satisfaction, uh, right? I think sevens are a little worried that they're going to have to give up some of the good things they enjoy to, <laughs> to do some of the inner work. Um, but it's really, it's really redefining that and finding ironically that, um, by getting into some of the spiritual rhythms, you know, for example, that you teach um, in your ministry, getting into these rhythms, having this different pace of life, um, doing the inner work is actually more um, gratifying. It's more satisfying for those deep inner longings, which are for things like freedom, right? A greater sense of freedom. Uh, there is a tremendous, tremendous amount of freedom in the spiritual direction space. Mm -hmm. uh, like I mentioned before, to, to say anything, to do anything, to be, um, put on a hat uh, in this space and really explore um, kind of their own horizons uh, in their inner landscape. So I think that that, I think for as much as sevens, um, you know, are, are thought of as kind of the outgoing, uh, upbeat type, um, there really needs to be a space where they can have kind of that, that reflection um, and find freedom in that. So again, it's a slight uh, maybe tweak to the language we use, but I think it can be really really gratifying for sevens. That's beautiful. What a beautiful invitation to sevens to move forward in their inner landscape. That yeah. is, that's lovely. <laughs> All right. And tell us about eights. What, what, eights. what, how can we invite eights into the ministry of spiritual direction, receiving that compassion? Yeah, that's a great question. 
So, you know, sevens and eights have some of the most unique energy um, on the Enneagram. And so eights, I think, uh, often a source of compassion for me is that eights are doing a wonderful service in so many ways as they sort of bring their energy to um, the people in their own life that are around them. Um, but I think that eights also get um, sort of dinged or slapped on the wrist often for bringing that energy. Um, and I think that they can feel misunderstood, uh, can feel that the reactions are unfair. And so spiritual direction, um, I think when done well with the eights, it's a space where you can actually um, find affirmation for who you are and how you are um, that maybe isn't always there externally. Um, I think it can also be a space where you get to reflect more intentionally um, with the eight energy about um, how does this work? How does this affect myself? How does this affect others? Um, what are my needs? Needs are a hard thing um, to get in touch with sometimes. And this is a space where, again, you can do that really safely um, and not in a way that someone will be uh, you know, sitting across from you. Uh, shoving tissues in your hand, you know, waiting for you to cry. It's not a, it's not a pitying space. There's not pity, but there is compassion in the space. And um, I think the more the eights can get in touch with, um, you know, their, uh, their soft gooey inside under, under the armor that they have to wear, right. Metaphorically. Um, I think the more they can get in touch with that, the more compassion they, they can breed for themselves and others. I mean, eights have a, an amazing orientation to others, they naturally, um, I think, have hearts that go out to, to others and understand um, some of what others are, are dealing with. So that can be a space to even further refine that as well as have a greater awareness of how, how their energy intersects with, with other people in their life. And I, again, I think it's really empowering. Hmm. Yeah. And the soft gooey insides. I, I love that, uh, that language because many people would not see eights as having a soft gooey inside. Yeah. And maybe that even helps us um, take a breath and have compassion for our eight friends. Absolutely. And then the beloved nine, um, of course, I live with one of the best on the planet and, <laughs> uh, and spiritual direction. How, how in the world do, do we, um, bring this realization for nines that their presence matters enough to bring themselves to a place where it's all about paying attention to their own life. Yeah. Yeah. So nines have this, um, this natural desire for peace and harmony, but I think that sometimes they're let off the hook a little too much because outwardly it seems very peaceful. Um, but what we find in the Enneagram work uh, is that all types are going through kind of their own, um, their own games and their own challenges. And for the nines, that looks like sacrificing a part of themselves for the sake of sort of an outward um, stillness, right? Mm -hmm. A calm. And um, also we know... Uh, just from experience through uh, the spiritual traditions, as well as modern psychology, that when you um, deny parts of yourself, it doesn't go well. Uh, it leads to a lot of issues. And so nines in the spiritual direction space, I think, get the gift of getting to explore more fully who they are. Uh, what are those parts of themselves that they have allowed to be dormant for the sake of getting along, going along to get along, right? Um, and I think that it's a wonderful gift for nines to find their voice through that process and through that self-awareness um, to get in touch with their own desires, their own gifts, which nines tend to doubt that they, that they have. And so um, 
you get, uh, I've talked about having a space, but I would also say an ally. I think a spiritual director is an ally um, for any type coming to spiritual direction. And with nines, I think that looks like being an ally for saying you matter. You really, really matter. Um, the people in your life want you to show up. Um, they care about you and there really would be space for you to do that um, if you're willing to take the risk. So it's a, I found with the nines I've worked with, they need um, kind of a very gentle space to begin taking baby steps in that direction if they haven't done that yet. And um, it can be just a wonderful space to do that and then to celebrate the wins along the way as you find that voice and get to live into who God's created you to be. That's beautiful. And I love that. Celebrate the wins, like your, the wins of a nine, you know, yeah. not just the wins that you've helped others accomplish what they've done, but, but your own win as you yeah. paid attention to the presence of Christ in your own soul and brought that to other people. Absolutely. And, um, you know, Samuel, I, I really, uh, you know, I really, um, can't say enough about spiritual direction. Uh, I, you know, I've, I started seeing a spiritual director in 2003 mm. and, um, and uh, I, I want to say that, you know, there was so much that was um, never explored uh, mm. in, in my own inner terrain oh. until I sat in that seat of the one who was being um, held rather than, uh, you know, the work of a pastor where I was, you know, listening to the stories of others and helping people do, you know, here's your next step. Here's, here's seven highly effective habits, whatever. Um, There was such a grace in just being listened to. And so you said this at the beginning about preaching and the difference Mm -hmm. of, you know, preaching. Can you just say that one more time as we're going to uh, end this time together? I think that might be helpful. Yeah. Well, I say that spiritual direction is to listening what preaching is to speaking. And so it's just a part of our tradition that's dedicated wholly to listening um, to God's voice, still small voice in your life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I wonder what you might say to someone that says, you know, I just need to learn about God. I don't need to listen to what's going on in my own soul. What, what might you say to someone who sat in your office and brought you that yeah. <laughs> oh man, how much time do you have? <laughs> yeah, I, that's a great point. Um, I would say a couple of things. One of them would would just be an encouragement. You know, God uh, created us who we are, and um, He wants us to work with Him on the inner work because uh, we can more fully live into who he's created us to be. We can help others. We can bless others. Mm. Um, you know, if for anyone who's married, like ask your spouse if they think God wants uh, to work on you more. Like, of course, <laughs> of course he does. There's more work to do. Other people around you want that um, in order to see God more clearly, you know, the hands and feet of Jesus more clearly through you. So I would say that. I would also say in scripture, the people who get in trouble the most and who don't really have redeeming stories are the people who refuse to do self-examination. I really think that's true. So I think the, the leaders for all their faults who stay with it, like David, right, who make mistakes, but stay with it and keep doing the self-examination, keep working to see themselves more clearly and know themselves mm-hmm. clearly, warts and all. Um, mm-hmm. Those are the people who tend to make it for the long haul. So I think there's a good precedent there. 
That's beautiful. And, and, uh, and if we're with people who will neither invade nor what is it? Abandon. Uh That, that really um, is, is an invitation, especially for those of us who have felt invaded Mm -hmm. or abandoned when we've told our truth uh, to people who were, you know, not quite ready to be with us in that truth. Yeah. And so I'm going to just let everyone know here that I'm going to be putting your links at the bottom so that they can contact you. And and if you have room in your direction practice or, you know, um, they want to take a look at the work you do with the Enneagram, uh, we're we're really happy that you also have learned um, with us uh, around the Harmony Triad model. So that while we've named all nine spaces, we know that we are more than our Enneagram type and, and, uh, and we have, uh, even as you've named with the six, um, that has, uh, you know, a high EQ, um, that there, even if you are a head type, you have a heart. And even if you are a gut type, you have a head and Mm -hmm. even, you know, so we just Mm -hmm. love the fact that, um, competent people like yourself, kind people, compassionate people like yourself, are utilizing the Enneagram in your spiritual direction practice. And uh, so we're just really grateful that you've been here with us. And is there a prayer in Advent? Uh, Is there a practice in Advent that you'd like to guide us in, in this last moment? Oh, that's a great question. I should have told you I was going (laughs) to ask you to do that. How could I? Yeah. Um, You know, I, I, I think uh, if I had anything, uh, humble to offer it would be uh, just a simple prayer of um, Lord help me to believe that you're truly with us mm-hmm. I, I just think we um, I I'll speak for myself I give a lot of lip service to that but to actually feel as if I'm carrying Jesus with me feel his presence throughout the day to see him as I'm walking my dog or as I'm doing the dishes or uh, as I'm reading an angry email from a customer, you know, that's, that's where, uh, that's where the rubber meets the road. So that would be my simple prayer for, for myself, Lord, help me to see um, you as you are with us. So together, God, we pray that you would help us to see you as you are with us. That the compassionate God is with us, that the movement of the Holy Spirit within us and among us here is evidence that you are with us, that when our hearts moved or we had a moment where emotions got caught in our throat as we were listening today, These are the signs of the compassionate God who is with us. And may this Advent season be a time where we allow you to be compassionate with us and we bring that compassion to others. Amen. Bless you, Sam. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. And uh, happy, happy 
what is, how should we say it? Beloved waiting. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Expectant waiting. <laughs> Expectant waiting. Amen. To you too. Peace. Thanks so much for joining with us today on the Enneagram and Christianity podcast. We would love to connect with you as you wait for Christ to be revealed and offer spiritual practices to stay present to Christ's presence within you this Advent season. You can check out Scott and Claire's Enneagram website by going to scottandclairelorage.org. That's S-C-O-T-T-A-N-D-C-L-A-R-E-L-O-U-G-H-R-I-G-E dot org. And when you go there, you can check out the blog and the vlog and all things Enneagram. And of course, you can go to ccmonline.org. We hope that you'll be able to join us each and every day through the season of Advent as we give thanks for the faithfulness of Christ. Hope to see you soon.